Matthew chapter 3 tells the story of Jesus' baptism by John the Baptist. And it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, Suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. What is baptism that Jesus himself thought it essential and proper to fulfill all righteousness, as it says in the passage from Matthew that I just read. Why is baptism so important that Jesus would command his disciples in Matthew 28, 19 to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, in order to understand the importance of baptism, we need to understand why we as human beings need it in the first place. In the beginning, God created humans to be like Him, the perfect image and likeness of their Creator. We were created to be in fellowship with Him, to be part of the accomplishment of His divine will in all of creation. But that relationship was tainted by the rebellious actions of Adam and Eve in the garden. And that intimate relationship that we enjoyed with God was damaged. What was once the perfect image and likeness of God is now but a poor distortion of its former perfection. Humankind became something much less than God's design. And so our wickedness and our depravity overcame us and we became slaves to our own sin. The thing is, God knew that this would happen. He knew it before it occurred. And He had a plan. He had a plan that would repair the damage. He had a plan that would redeem the lost relationship, the lost time, the lost perfection of humankind. So how would He accomplish this plan? And the answer is through love. Through His love, He would extend mercy and grace to humankind to bring us back into relationship with Him. 
And so today, God makes grace available to us. Now, how does He do that? Well, He does it through a variety of means. The church, for example, is a means of grace. Now, John Wesley, one of the founders of Methodism, recognized that the church is a community of grace-filled, grace-sharing people charged by God to be the body of Christ, active in the world, distributing God's grace through the proclamation of God's Word, through preaching, teaching, and participation in the life of the church through prayer, fasting, Bible study, and fellowship. See, as United Methodists, we believe that God imparts His grace to us through His creation. And objects of His creation can actually become the bearers of divine presence, power, divine meaning, and thus become sacramental means of God's grace. What are sacraments? Sacraments are effective means of God's presence mediated through the created world. God becoming the incarnate Jesus Christ, the baby in the manger, is the supreme example of this kind of divine action. And John Wesley viewed the sacraments as crucial means of grace and affirmed that a sacrament is an outward sign of inward grace and a means whereby we receive that grace. So by combining words, actions, and physical elements like bread and water and wine, the sacraments express and convey God's grace and love. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are sacraments that were instituted or commanded by Christ in the Gospels. So baptism then is a means of grace given to us by God. It's a covenant between God and humankind. A covenant involves promises and responsibilities for each of the parties involved. It's instituted through a special ceremony and it's expressed by a distinguishing sign. So in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God fulfilled the prophecy of the new covenant and he called forth us, the church, to be a servant community. And the baptism of infants and adults, both male and female, is the sign of this covenant. In baptism, the church declares that it is bound in covenant to God. And through baptism, new persons are initiated into that covenant. The covenant connects God 
the community of faith, and the person being baptized. And all three of those are essential. All three of those are necessary to the fulfillment of the baptismal, baptismal covenant. The faithful grace of God initiates the covenant. It initiates that relationship and enables the community and the person to respond with faith. So what does all this mean for little Hunter Dean Grupa? See, John Wesley taught that in baptism, a child is cleansed of the guilt of original sin, initiated into the covenant with God, admitted into the church, made an heir of the divine kingdom, and spiritually born anew. He said that while baptism was neither essential to nor sufficient for salvation, it was the ordinary means that God designated for applying the benefits of the work of Christ in human lives. For Hunter, this is the beginning step on his path to salvation. His baptism is a bond between him, his church family, and God. You might say it actually takes more than just a village to raise a child. It takes the church, the body of Christ, in covenant with the living God. And Hunter's baptism is a rite of passage into the community of faith. A community that will love and nurture him and his parents as he grows in knowledge and understanding of who he is as a child of the Most High God. Are you ready for that responsibility? It's okay. Say, yes, I am. One day, Hunter will make a choice. And the choice is to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior or not. And if we as the church have upheld our part of the covenant, if we have loved him and nurtured him and taught him the gospel message of Jesus Christ, then he will have been given all of the essential information to understand what that choice means in terms of his salvation and he will choose wisely. Let's pray. O Lord God, let your faithful grace rain down on us here and now. Let us bow our heads and our hearts to you, Lord God, our Creator, our Redeemer, our Refuge. Let us each recall the covenant of our own baptisms. And let us live that covenant out in our daily lives so that we can be living sacrifices, living examples for Hunter and also for 
all of those out there in the world who are in need of your light and your love and your mercy and your grace. Father, we rejoice that we are cleansed in the baptismal water, marked with a seal as Christ's own, and that through the laying on of hands we invite the work of the Holy Spirit into our lives, working towards salvation for those not yet saved and towards sanctification for those that are. We thank you, Father, for the gift of water. And we thank you, Father, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace you have shown us here today be made real in our lives as we go back out into the world. Let it be so in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
receive this blessing from the Lord. May the blessing of God, fountain of living water, flow within us as a river of life. <coughs> May we drink deep of her wisdom. May we never thirst again. May we go through life refreshing many as a sign of healing for all through the one who is life eternal. Amen.